G'day Legends and Legendaries, welcome to another episode of Generation Get To It, a sugar hit of positivity and health for you to get the most out of yourself to inspire this generation and the next. Make sure you like and subscribe so you can get the latest episodes and to get the word out there so we can create some more high-performing champions in the world. So, for today's episode we have a brilliant bloke called Felix Daglish. He, Felix is a philosopher in my mind. He's someone who really strives to gather all the knowledge he can to put into his life, both physically, mentally, creating resilience, and really just creating a life where he has no limits on himself. Felix uh, put my rowing effort to shame. He rowed 150 miles in three days, which is pretty, pretty impressive if you ask me. He's also just done a little speaking events. He spoke at Blue Summit not too long ago, and he's someone who just, I think, will do some amazing things in the world. Um, he's a really great guy just to know in general, and on top of that, he just happens to have cerebral palsy too. So he really is someone who's leading the way in terms of not letting boundaries stop him in any way, shape, or form. So jump to the episode, be inspired, learn some really interesting things. We even speak about the Roman Empire, so if you haven't heard of the Roman Empire today, now's your chance. Let's get to it. What did you say you're doing a bunch of waffle? Yeah, basically. Um, no, but it's really good. I'm a, I'm, philosophy, is that what it was? <laughs> yeah, theology and philosophy. So it's a, it's a bunch of like um, abstract <laughs> sort of questions, essentially. Mate, you'll be like one of those guys when I ask you like, do you think of the Roman Empire? And you're like, yeah, daily, bro. Yeah, yeah. Every second, man. The better question would be, when do I not think of the Roman Empire? Yeah, that's right. They yeah. they love it in philosophy. Mate, it's all it's all stoic and stoicism and Roman Empire, and that's all yeah. it really needs. No, that's so true. I think you know that's a that's a great solution to all the world's issues. We've we've got it right there. <laughs> oh, I love it, dude. Mate, yeah, your video the other day you're talking about. Oh, just 20, 20 miles in, ass absolutely killing me on your Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was. And, it, it, you know, it's funny because um, um, people expect the... Um, so if you, if you don't go to the gym for two weeks, you lose muscle, right? But yeah. people don't clock that the mind's kind of the same way. Like, unless mm. you keep, keep, like... It's like sharpening a sword. Unless you keep putting it to the to the anvil or whatever you want to call it. It dulls really, really quick. Mm. And I've done, I mean, we'll talk about this more in depth later, but I did a 150-mile row last summer, um, which is 50 miles each day. And let's, let's talk about that now. Tell me tell me about that now. Yeah. Like, so you did 50 miles a day. Yeah. Yeah, 50 miles a day. Yeah, yeah, um, wow. For three days. And um, people always ask, like, oh, do you do it for charity or do you do it for anything, really? And... The answer is always well. The answer is no. Um, I think there's there's so much value in like it doesn't have to be physicality. It doesn't have to be extreme endurance. I, I think one thing that I want to highlight is you know we have our inspirations and we have these figures we look up to, but a big pitfall we can fall into is trying to emulate them. You know, so a big figure in the world of sort of ultra endurance and mentality is David Goggins, right? Yeah. And, you know, there'll be multiple people that will listen to David Goggins and they'll be like, right, I'm going to do everything that he does and I'm going to adopt his mindset and be exactly like him. But that that doesn't work um, and that will never work for, for anyone because the problem, and well, the problem and the interesting thing about about things that are really difficult is they make you you have to go inside your own brain and inside your own brain it's not david goggins it's not jocko wilkins you know it's, it's me felix or or it's you so it's about using them as sort of like guiding lights but not um not basing yourself off them and and doing the things that make you discover who you are because I think that and this is a slightly long answer so I do apologize but we have this sort of the way I describe it is you have these sort of traumatized you and you have the actual you 
but everyone's been through or is going to go through some some bad shit in their life. That's just a given. And, you know, a lot of it is um, a lot of the what you tell yourself is not actually who you are, but it's it's who it's how you reacted to things. So, for example, like if you went through stuff as a kid, a lot of the the ways you think they'll they'll have been programmed by like child you for example and what's so important about at least for me doing these big rows is you get to go into your own head and look at the ways that child you has programmed some really false narratives that are actually holding you back from being who you actually are if if that makes sense so it, it's a, it's all about it's not about ego it's about finding a way that you can dive into your own head and examine you know what what are you actually who are you actually when you strip away everything and you look at yourself as bare as you can be what kind of person are you and what kind of person do you want to be so you're saying that when it comes to what you're saying before about there's a you and then there's a traumatizer you so you're saying yeah. that if you were to take like the perfect Felix, you know, born Roman Empire, yes, as yeah, as yeah. time as as time has gone on, he's suffered his own his own suffer he suffered a little bit. He's had trauma along the way, and every single time yeah. he suffered trauma, whether it was you know waking up with fleas in the bed or the fact that mm. you ne- you never know when you're going to get um your next piece of bread. Will yeah, that change yeah. the person that you are as you kind of go along the way. So, like, is that kind of yeah. every single trauma you think set a new kind of tone, and every every way that you react to that, that's creating a new pathway for you along the way. Yeah, exactly. And you've got to be. I think a lot of the, especially um, for most people, the the difficulty is not the trauma you experience when you're older; it's the trauma you experience when you're younger. Because then you're at an age where you're not aware of the way you're reacting to things. So, you know, for example, you know, growing up in a wheelchair, there were a number of experiences that I had that were, you might call less than pleasant. Um, and and a lot of um, a lot of self-work has sort of been done in examining exactly how child me reacted to those scenarios and see, seeing how that's manifested itself now and then untying that sort of mental knot because we all we all make little knots as we go along as we get older we're more aware of the knots we make so we can spot it you know we can spot when we have when something goes wrong we can spot when we have a bad reaction to it but it's when you're younger and you can't spot that that shit will still affect you it's not going to go away. It will leave its mark. And unless you go inside your own head, it's not going to be fixed. So you need to make that a priority, I'd say. Not you specifically. Yeah. But... What? <laughs> you look, you're looking straight at me when you said that, though. Yeah, <laughs> literally, literally. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> so when it comes to... Because you said at the very start, you said, like, Goggins has kind of what approach to certain things, right? And to Jocko Willink mm. and all that kind of stuff. Like they're obviously very inspirational people. And if mm. you've read any of the books, David Goggins yes. has gone through some absolute trauma in his life. And so there's no yeah. surprise that a man like that has had to dig deep to get this trauma out of him in some way. Because you said there's like it's untimed not in many ways, which I quite mm. like the analogy. So mm. as you found out along the way when you've done yourself development and and all that well self-work on yourself mm. have you found that there's been different ways which have helped you untie the knots and do you think it really mm. there is any kind of particular way which is going to benefit the everyday person compared to another another way whether it's mental or physical yeah i think i think that um i i, I mean there, there are some basics and it's just it goes back to the fact that 
will will animals a baseline so for every human being physical exercise to some degree doesn't have to be extreme that will help um keeping your space tidy in your room is also really important it's just it's about thing is you can't make many general statements because everyone's so specific but it's it's the basic things of um you know david goggins again says this which is really true like think of your life like a gym when you walk into a gym you want to know where your weights are you want to know where everything is because then you can get straight into your workout it's the same with self-work like you want to make sure that your life is as in order as it can be you know obviously because you'll be affected by stuff out of your control but as an order as you can make it so that when you when you do the stuff you want to do um you don't have to waste time cleaning up all this other shit and when it when it comes to what helps individuals i think at least in my experience that's been a very instinctive thing and it's usually related in some way to to your difficulty I think so you know obviously so I'm physically disabled so I kind of went the other way and you know so a lot of it was like growing up a lot of people saying um you know you can't do xyz and there was a lot of like negative feedback so what I found really helpful was going in the opposite direction and doing stuff that was physically more impressive that they could do just as a way to give my brain evidence that what they were saying wasn't necessarily true. So I think examining your own difficulties will show you and your own feelings about things help give you a more specific path as to how to grow and make yourself a better person. So you've taken what would obviously be a very common misconception where someone with a physical disability is there for not um well as physically able but you've taken that and just kind of done what you could to to rebut against that to like say give yourself evidence so would it be for something yeah someone who was say grown up and has had a lot of trouble with learning in school and and having a lot of mental and emotional issues would there be Mm. a lot of credit to someone who would do the opposite of that and start spending more time researching, more time going into yeah. thoughts, more more meditation. Would you think that would be an approach for someone who was on the other side of things? Yeah, I, I think, you know, that's definitely a good approach. When it comes to mental health and mental difficulties, it very much depends on what kind of mental difficulties, whether they have diagnosed mental health issues, because certain issues require specific approaches. But you know, take something, I guess, slightly more general, like struggling in school. I think it would be really helpful for for those particular people to to apply themselves, but not apply themselves in a way, you know, that there's, you want to apply yourself to something in a sustainable way. Because a lot of people, um, they forget that progress is a series of steps. So they start acting, like, for take the sort of academic side of it. Someone that's academically struggling might adopt Isaac Newton's study routine, which is like, you know, it was crazy. It was like 16 hours a day or something. That's, that's not sustainable, right? Because you're not Isaac Newton. But you, you can be, if, or you can have the work ethics. But it, it's about, um, I think you need to view progress in terms of the long game. It's not about, it's about what you do every day, but it's about where do you want to be a year from now and making that sort of plan. And I think the reason why doing facing your difficulties directly, whether that's academic, physical, emotional, is so important, is if you imagine you're rowing in the middle of a sea, if you don't take the wave straight on, it's just going to break the boat and crash over you so you you've gotta you've gotta take it head on because then you prove to yourself that all this kind of stuff that you've been going through just isn't true and if you, if you don't 
you know, take the bull by the horns, there's always going to be that little voice in your head that's telling you like everything that they said is true, which will just always hold you back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you're saying that when you do are presented with a challenge that a lot of people are either going to write you off or even write yourself off, then rather than trying to just obey the opinion of others, stand up and stand up and start doing it yourself and start challenging yourself in that regard. And you feel mm. like that's a way that's actually going to help someone uncover the real you and say maybe... A hundred percent. So like kind of lean away from this traumatize you pathway and start leaning towards the you that was truly, truly born. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think, um, sorry, just just to add on that, it's a case of like, you don't, and this is something I really want to hammer home, you don't want to do it in a sort of self-flagellating way or like a self-suffering way. Like, I love taking cold showers, but I don't take cold showers because... I think, you know, God, I need to be a tough man. I take cold showers because I recognize their benefits. You know, you want to do things because you know they're good rather than because you want to to change or be someone else. Yeah, I think a lot of people, a lot of young people specifically because they're very impressionable, will chase goals trying to be someone else you know they want to be like their role models and it goes back to what i was saying earlier at the start about not completely mirroring you don't want to be your role models that's not the key to your suffering you want to be comfortable confident and somewhat content within yourself that's really what you're looking for and when you look at these people you see that comfortability, that confidence. And so that's what you want. But if you aim to be those kinds of people, you'll never find that in yourself. So it's got to come from a place of of self-love and uh, a want for improvement rather than a place of, I'm a piece of shit. I want to be someone else that's better. Because that won't sustain you throughout the period of your life. Yeah. No, that's actually a really good point. I really like what you said then. Um, because I did think obviously with with the way Instagram is and TikTok and all that, mm. that it's easy to role model yourself off the person who looks like they have it all. But as mm. you obviously know from just how life is that that's never truly the case and everyone's got their own things happening beside behind uh behind mm. closed doors. And I liked yeah. uh there's one quote that I can't remember who said it, but they said if you were in a room with all your favorite people and all the people in your life and everyone grabbed their problems and threw them up in the air, you'd be the first one to be grabbing your own problems and putting them back in your pocket. Because if you saw what everyone else is doing and seeing the perfect life that everyone else had, then you wouldn't be so happy about it or so happy to follow the, the, the role models. But you, yeah, mentioned exactly. that, you mentioned that there was also the idea of find, like finding self-love and mm. that having that comfort in knowing that you are the person who you are but how do you yeah find that person to to give yourself love to and how do you find comfort in knowing what you're doing is you a mistake that people get wrong is they think that they're looking for a thing so what i mean by that is take someone that loves music and they're looking to, you know, be a musician. And I think that's what they love. That's why they're, you know, that's why and they're going to pursue it and, and, you know, go for it. The most important thing to find out what you love doing is failure. Uh, people don't start pursuing their passions because you take music, for example, you know, they're worried they're going to never make it. That's a big fear for a lot of people in the creative industry. But, you know, making it is a huge importance. And the external world telling you you're the shit does make a difference. But it's a case of finding what you love and living a fulfilling life is not a linear road. It's not going to 
you're not going to start at point B, work really hard, do everything right, get to point B, and then get to point C. Life is fucked up and unfair, all right? So a lot of the people that we see and we look up to and we're like, wow, they're doing what we love, what I love. A a part of that is luck. And luck is great because it can help you get to where you want. But luck can also be dangerous because if you haven't failed and if you haven't really thought about, okay, why do I love this? Then you're going to get there and it's not going to be what you thought it was. And then you're really fucked because you've got what you wanted and yet you still feel unfulfilled. I think this is the key. It's like what we're looking for in life is not things, you know, capitalistic cultures told us we look for things, but way before celebrities existed and way before fame was a thing, people lived fulfilling lives, lives that they love, lives that they, that they were lying on their deathbed and they thought that was a good life. And, and that's really the key thing. So I'd say, um, if you feel like you love something, pursue it. And genuinely pursue it. Don't mess about because there will always be a voice in your head saying, oh, if I just pursued it, I'd be happy. And that will haunt you for the rest of your life. You know, if you're like a 16-year-old and people are like, you don't know what you're doing. If you leave that off, one day you're going to be 40 and you're going to, it's going to stick with you. So if you know what you love and you have a general idea, pursue that, but don't be scared of failing and don't worry about being shit. Because being shit and failing are not bad. What's bad is letting being shit and failing live your life for you. You know, it's letting those things make you live your life in fear without ever putting yourself out there. Because, you know, everyone says this, but it's true. It's like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, I would much rather have the grief and the sadness of not achieving a goal than the monotony and apathy of living a life that I don't particularly hate, but I don't particularly love. You know, I think one of the most dangerous things in the modern world is the average lifestyle. It's being sort of semi-comfortable where you're not at rock bottom and you're not thriving because then there's no incentive to get better. You know, you haven't got enough struggle to think, oh shit, this needs to change. And you haven't got enough success to give you the confidence to change. So I I think it's much better to to fail and not be average than be average and never do anything, never do anything you love doing. Yeah, it's, it's very inspiring, I gotta say. Oh, um, thanks. Yeah, you got some. You're good with your words. I was gonna say you're very good with your words. Um, thanks, man. I had a terrible it. arm back in the day when we used to play. Um, what was that dodgeball game we used to play in the gym? <laughs> yeah, I know the one you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, if any of us, we used to. Uh, so, Felix and I met uh, a couple of years ago in London, and we used to play this game um, where we used to sit on top of those bozo balls. And have like yeah. a, a big ball and you have to just basically throw it at each other or try to get it past each other. And uh yeah, basketball, pretty... that's what it was called. It was Basket- called basketball. Basketball, yeah. It's hardly yeah, basketball. It wasn't though. basketball at all. <laughs> I, was like, I was dodgeball, if anything. Um yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but as you're saying, it's really interesting to see that yeah, what was sold as a dream many years ago where it was always like get a house and have a family and all this kind of stuff and follow, you know, find a job and stay in that job for 40 years was obviously seen as a dream at one point. Where now, as society's, I don't know, progressed or changed in some regard, that's not so much the dream. Although, I think for many people, that can be really satisfying and it's not to write off at all. But I know, but even following all the trends, it's like every single person now has got to follow the passion with a side hustle or has got to be challenged. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and the thing is, is like, you know, I was thinking about this the other day because, like, you know, I even though I've been disabled for twenty one years, I still have flare ups where you think, oh, this is a bit of shit, and, and it goes back to what I was saying about the not 
So th this sounds like a tangent. I promise it's relevant. But, you know, after I did the 50-mile row, you, again, you uncover more shit. You're like, oh, fuck, didn't know I had that that issue. Like, that's interesting. Um, and so, Like what, by the way? What did you, I, what do you uncover, for example? Yeah, I think um, the main thing was with me was just kind of, I, I still have this sense of, of loneliness that I think I've carried with me since childhood. But anyway, we'll get onto that later because the, the point I'm trying to make is, so I've been thinking about about these feelings that have popped up after the row and thinking, you know, sort of how do I work through this? What's the best way to, to sort of put these feelings towards something? And, um, you know, I was sat on a bench outside and I thought, if I was blessed by some supernatural being and suddenly gained the ability to walk, would this take away my current feelings of like proto grief? And the answer was no. Yet even if I was able to sort of have full use of my body, that doesn't change the way my mind is wired because my mind's already been wired. So it's, I think that's really important. It's like what you're not going to get what happiness, fulfillment, or no more trauma or no more impact from your past trauma by getting what you want. It's it is just a mental thing. And it's about knowing how your brain is wired and having the confidence to rewire the parts that don't work for you hmm. interesting yeah it's uh that's a tough one actually because yeah if you feel like something's not working you probably don't want to make it not work anymore but that obviously could be the answer to finding it so like for, for example take your rowing mm. right like mm. i didn't do as much as you i did 42 i did a marathon on the rower and yeah. I've got to say that definitely helped me uncover a few little mental gaps as well. But mm. it was interesting when you say that it's it's the pursuit of something which is quite difficult, which is actually brings up something which seems completely irrelevant. So like you doing the rowing, which mm. is a physical challenge, uncovers some kind of mental um, you know, trauma or whatever it is, whatever you call it, mm. mental yeah. uh, thing which is gonna therefore be mental wiring. Yeah, mental wiring, which is going to be something, you know, that comes out as loneliness when in fact that, you know, you're probably doing the road with people around you and supporting you along the way. Yeah. But what do you yeah. what do you think why do you think that why do you think that occurs anyway with the that pursuit? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Because um because you're uncovering because you know, we live we most people's minds are on autopilot um, and they're programmed with a bunch of stuff that we never think about. Again, this goes back to sort of, you know, how were you programming your brain when you weren't aware of it? And when you're doing something very difficult, I remember like mid-row, I visualized um my brain sort of in my head and i visualized putting like a tack on it which for those listeners that don't know what that is it's like a something you put on a horse so you can ride it i visualized putting a tack on it and and taking control of my mind and i think when you do really hard stuff that will always require you to exert you know, a form of self-control because your brain, if it's hard enough, is going to panic and go, whoa, what the fuck are you doing? You know, you, this is not who you are. You're this scared X, Y, Z. And in taking control of your mind, you have to confront the faulty processing that has been controlling you before you took back that control if that makes sense. So that's why these things pop up, because when you exert who you are on who your brain has programmed you to be, you have to directly look that kind of programming in the eye and go, kind of, fuck you. You know, I'm, 
I'm taking this where I want to go. Um, and so that always uncovers stuff. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I find that as well. It's like when you get into a position where you're really struggling and you find things that are like you'll get you get when you push yourself that hard or that for that long, is I find mm -hmm. that's that's when your brain starts to really wander. And it's trying to find but I, I believe that it's definitely trying to find a way for you to, to stop you from doing what you're doing because when you start pushing yourself out of your body's equilibrium, your body's trying to find a way to get back to equilibrium, right? So when you're in a position where you're constantly pushing yourself, I find that that's just when you find all the darker stuff comes up and all the tricky things, yeah. and all the all the unanswered questions. Exactly, and it, it's the dark side. And uh, David Goggins again talks about this, the dark side, and it's like, mate, that shit's really important. Like that shit is the most. It's the dark side now, but that is the nectar for self growth. Looking you in the face. That that is the most fantastic fertilizer for self, because that dark side is exactly what you need to to think about, and it doesn't all have to be, you know, big macho man goes and fucking does like nine ten hour rows and conquers his dark side. You know, it doesn't have to be all this masculine imagery of like, you know, this warrior, this conqueror, because that's not how life works you know you don't walk through life unless you're in a war zone conquering you know you don't talk to the cashier and be like yeah that interaction was conquered i know for some reason that language sounds wrong you know it doesn't the adjective doesn't speak of authenticity so for me and and again this is why it's so important to tune into yourself like for David Goggins he obviously approaches physicality in a different way than I do um, and so for him he finds both the conquering aspect and the slightly more soft aspect but um, I find like processing to be twofold for me physical exertion is the best way to uncover the shit and then when I've uncovered the shit, you know, I might write a couple of poems, I might make some music to to express it. Because it's it's one thing it's one thing uncovering the feelings, but you need to be comfortable with feeling shit. And I think this goes goes out to everyone, but particularly men. You need to be comfortable being upset and feeling grief because if you run to the gym and you're like oh i'm feeling grief i'm just gonna go pump some weights you are gonna be so fragile because when shit gets really tough it will come back up again it's not gonna go away unless you understand it it's like a conversation you know let's say your your difficulties come up to you and they say, you're a piece of shit. And you go, actually, I know you're just saying that because of X, Y, Z. So it's untrue. But you're not going to know what X, Y, Z is unless you allow yourself to explore that feeling in a way that you're not putting on, calling, you know, you have to get into that mindset of, I guess, conqueror, whatever, whatever. At certain points of a physical hard physical activity but you can't wear that armor the entire time you'll be exhausted you're wearing the emotional equivalent of like 200 pounds you need to be able to take off the armor and feel just as confident in yourself as you do with it on because if you don't do that you're not going to be hybrid you know the best way, um, imagine yourself in physical terms because it's it's more explicit. You know, if you're running through, let's say you've got a course and imagine this course is life. Part of the course, you've got a hell of arrows coming towards you. So you're like, okay, this is the time to put armor on. So you put your armor on, you run through the hell of arrows. The next bit of the course, you've got a pack of dogs chasing you. That's the time to take your armor off because you, you need speed, not protection. 
And so you can, you know, it's about being flexible with yourself so you can answer life's challenges in every way. Because not every challenge in life is going to be as simple as row 50 miles, do an ultra marathon, do an eight hour bicep workout. You know, I wish it was. But... I love that meme. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. But life, life is complicated and shitty because it's so multifaceted. Hmm. That's yeah. That's a great analogy. I really like that one. Well, it's it's true. There's got to be like some some aspect of yourself where you have to build some kind of hard and armor, which is going to come from putting yourself through a, a tough stimulus. Or something which is mm. going to be challenging. Say, for example, mm. I noticed that you spoke a couple months ago on stage. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that itself is challenging, right? And that itself, you need yes. some kind of yeah. you need some kind of ability to tolerate stress because, as we know, with public speaking, it's quite stressful no matter who you are. It's one of those things where you're also got to, like I said, you got to you got to build up a certain amount. Of stress tolerance by doing things which are difficult before that. So mm-hmm. for a lot of us, it could be building up some kind of tolerance to chatting, speak in front of your friends or your family and practice the speech beforehand. Because if you're going to stand up on stage in front of like 50,000 people in one go, you're going to be pretty well yeah. caught out because you haven't got that armor or that resilience built up at that point. Yes, exactly. That's exactly. But I think that yeah. what you're saying though is like, there's, there's probably different, there's different levels to right? Like, there's the building up the mental and emotional tolerance, which could come from doing it public speaking wise. But there's also the physical side of things, which is us going to the gym and not exactly doing an eight hour arm workout, but there's an mm. interesting, there's a definitely good aspect of it of trying to create some sort of progressive overload. So being mm. able to walk up to the gym and go, look, I can, I can start off by lifting the bar, have we start mm. there and then eventually start working up and building yourself up. And although you're getting stronger, I do feel like you're building up some kind of um, armor through the fact that you're more confident from lifting, your body's getting stronger. Mm. You start feeling mm. like, you know, I can start lifting quite a lot of weight now, so therefore I am mm. a more resilient individual. So I think, it, like mm. I said, it works in different aspects where you need sometimes you need to be able to take the arm off and be quite vulnerable and confident in that. But there's also times mm. where you need to be quite strong and, and, and resourceful in what you do where you might need to keep it. 100%. On. And I think, you know, on that note, again, unfortunately, we only have, with current social media, the German physicality being pushed as kind of what makes you more impressive, I guess. But whatever, what makes you grow, and I'm I'm still working on this because, you know, we're all in a process of growth, but what makes you grow is seeking out where you're uncomfortable you know so funnily enough public speaking i'm okay with one of the great things about being in a wheelchair and this is again a slightly side point but every negative experience if you flip it you want to flip negative and positive so you know as i said growing up i was quite lonely for a variety of reasons but we won't go in because it's not a personal biopic but um you know i didn't have many uh friends like in my peer group so I, I was around a lot of adults but and around a lot of different people whether that was carers that I was meeting for the first time or you know all this kind of shit meeting a lot of new people and that could have been like oh god you know that shit he hasn't got any mates really and you know he's you know he's just chatting with a bunch of different adults doctors whatever but it teaches you how to be comfortable in front of fucking complete strangers because that's what they were they're just complete randos um so you know that's one thing that you know one might say no negative experience equals negative outcome it's not really the case it's like negative experience equals positive outcome if utilized in the right way um but so one of the things i'm more self-conscious of I've, i've um got a reading of some of my poetry later this week because it got published in a, like a, a university magazine i don't want to fucking do that that to me <laughs> that makes me uncomfortable because like you know it just does so so it's about to me if someone said to me 
would you rather row a marathon or go and do this reading? I'd say row the marathon, 100%. So, again, it's just being aware of, like, sometimes the very things that used to make you grow are now becoming the reason why you're not growing because you become too comfortable in in what you're doing. It's about, you don't want to live a shit life and always live in discomfort because we're human beings. You've got to have some chill time. But you just want to be aware that difficulty and discomfort, much like life itself, is multifaceted. It's not just in the gym. It's about having that vulnerable conversation with a mate if he's like, made you upset it's about standing up to a bully in a way that is effective you know maybe depending but i wouldn't usually advise beating the shit out of them a lot of it is just a conversation that is just as difficult as the stuff that society applauds and it's just people do the stuff that society applauds for their egos but don't uh, this is where self-confidence is important. Other people's praise is fucking pointless. It's fucking... It, all it is, I call it the ego blowjob. That's all they're giving you is an ego blowjob. You know? It's like, don't focus on getting a bunch of fucking BJs. Focus on doing stuff that actually makes a difference in your life. Because people will say, oh, you're so great, but they're not going to be there when you actually need them to be there. They're just there to give you a blowjob and then leave you. Love you and leave you. That's how it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so true. Story of our lives. Um, yeah, great. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, that's yeah, it's honestly it's it's so interesting to hear the way that you kind of you perceive things because um, like I said, growing up in your like circum circumstances, like you said, you could see everything as a negative outcome and therefore cause you to be a sharp uh a shy person because you could be lonely and it could be the fact that oh people just don't hang around me but you've just seemed to turn it on its head and turn it into something that can be so positive and actually be really optimistic about the way that you can approach life so yeah it's really impressive thanks man um sorry i know i'm talking a lot but one thing i want to say because a lot of people say you're so optimistic and i would say no i'm not optimistic i'm just realistic I'm realistic and self-confident. That's the difference it makes. I'm not always self-confident. Not not saying I'm perfect. People are like, oh, that's such an optimistic way. No, it's fucking not. It's just realistic. It's just realistic because you understand the like the way your life goes is the way you let it go. And so, why the fuck would I want to be a shy, you know, retiring wallflower? That's not going to get me anywhere. I mean, not to say that the people that are more introverted that's a categorically bad thing but it isn't uh, sorry yeah it isn't the, it's about what works for you so for me I had a story I wanted to tell I had impacts I want to make so it's not going to help me if I'm shy so I'm like well fuck it realistically if I'm in control I'm not going to be shy it's mm. not that easy but that's the kind of basic apparatus that's brilliant. So, well, I, I feel like I'm holding up in your studies at the moment, but um, one thing... Don't worry. It's all right. <laughs> um, but I'm truly just taken away by, like, everything you've kind of said so far. But there's one question I'd like to ask to a lot of people along... Well, so all my guests at the end of the show, and that's mm. one... There's so much to kind of take away from what you've said so far, but... If there's one thing that kind of stuck out to you for you personally when you're growing up in your family mm-hmm. and you'd love to pass on to, you know, kids, nieces, nephews and the future generation, what would that be? That's a great question. Um, look, look for the joy in things. You know, there's this, there's this element, particularly, you know, among sort of like, with men, I think it's kind of with everyone, but I think particularly, I guess I can only speak from my experience as a man. There's an element of like, life is hard, do hard things. It's about it's about getting on the grind. You know, you watch these motivational videos and like, get up at three in the morning, be faster than the person before you, 
you know, lift the heaviest weight. It doesn't fucking matter how jacked you are, how rich you are, if you're depressed. You know, it's about doing things and making change because you want to enjoy life. You know, people say, why do you row 50 miles? Why do you row 150 miles? Because I find genuine value in it. And again, it's, I'm not doing this these things to, to, to be hard. Or to, I'm doing it because I find that they help me. And so it's really important to keep that in mind. Don't do things because you want to be a kind of person that actually in reality probably isn't that healthy. Do things because they give you fulfillment and they give you joy and they make you enjoy life because, you know, there's one thing that's true and so we're all going to die at some point. And we don't know when that is. People think it's 80. I could die tomorrow. So if that does happen, I want to have enjoyed, you know, my life up until this point. Otherwise, it's just pointless. Man, I literally put up a quote about that. Or I mentioned that in one of my Instagram posts yesterday. I was like, mm. you can work hard and you can do it all. But at the end of the day, if you're not finding some kind of joy for feeling what you're doing, like you are going to die someday. It could be, if you had, I keep saying this to all my clients now, which probably freaks me out at the moment. But I say, if you had like <laughs> a month to live from today, would you be satisfied with the things that you're doing leading up until that point? Because I feel like if you had like a year to live or, you, you know, you could probably, you, most people quit work and go traveling. Or but like, or if you're dying tomorrow, it's quite hard to make any changes. But like, if you kind of look at something from like a week or a month away, is mm. the way that you're living life at this current stage in your stage is it something that you would happily take to grab and be like you know what i was doing what i wanted to do and i was living mm. with some kind of fulfillment so i think that's really interesting mm. and once again i think that comes back to we were kind of talking at the start with the whole idea of stoicism like the momentum mori where you know we're mm. all going to die someday so really mm. interesting actually really good point but what's mm. for you coming up what's mm. What's giving you fulfillment? What's on the radar for you? Because you've done your 150 mile road yeah. in three days. Yeah. You've done a few yeah. different things. What, what is this coming up for you? Yeah. So I think um, this is, well, this is very proto. I need to start planning this, but I want to cycle from Norway to Spain, um, which would be pretty epic. From um, the north of Norway? Uh, yeah. It's called Cape North to Tarifa. Um, in Spain, so I think it's the northern point of Norway to the southern point of Spain. Um, but in as a more short term thing, give me fulfillment. I want to try, and, and we'll see because my body's kind of fucked up at the moment. But try and do fifty miles a week, and just see, like just, and I'll do it all in one day. So I I, I call them Sunday fun days, um, and kind of see where that takes me because um yeah that's that's what I find really fulfilling so it's, it's having something weekly that I think will help me grow towards a sort of bigger macro goal of doing Norway Spain love it so it's all leading towards that massive goal of trying to do Norway to Spain which I don't know mm. I don't know how, do you know how many kilometers that is or miles yeah about 3,500 Oscillate. It depends what route you take, but three thousand five hundred to four thousand kilometers or miles. It might be miles. Let me double check. Um, I'm almost certain it is miles. Uh, yeah. So the route that I'll be taking will be um three thousand between two thousand eight hundred and three thousand one hundred miles. When are you planning on doing that? What year? Um, sort of pretty pretty flexible, really. Because um, while well, I'd love to do that as soon as I can, I've also kind of got to work around schoolwork and finding a job. Uh, so <laughs> I would say I think after this bit of the semester, I can spend more time towards planning. Um, 
But the initial goal would probably be in the next sort of three or four years max, hopefully in the next two to three. Just depends how yeah. quick they can drum up sponsorship. Yeah, true, true. Um, how old are you now, by the way? Uh, I'm 21. Wow. <laughs> Mate, if I had your brain when I was 21, I'd be, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair. I'd be on a bloody golden throne, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're too kind, mate. You're too kind. <laughs> no, mate. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, how do, can people see what you do and reach out to you yeah. if you need to get chat? Yeah, of course. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at felix.ded. Um, I'll probably be posting weekly videos just giving you an update on my 50-miler Sunday fun days. And um, as... We get closer to drumming up sponsorship for North Cape Tarif. I'll be posting stuff about that as well. Well, I'll be flogging that all over socials because honestly, I Thanks think so that'll, that'll be amazing. It'll be very, you're a very inspiring person, Felix. Hundred so, percent. Oh, thank you. Well, likewise, Jordan. I appreciate it, mate. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. It's been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. And that was our episode with Felix. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm very inspired after that. That was just, it was incredible. For a person who's so young, doing so well, it's really inspiring to see. And as you can, well, Felix mentioned in the chat, I love this due to the fact how he's had so many different challenges along the way. People have written him off, people have thought he's not going to do certain things, and he just goes out and does it. And that's all he can ask for. So I really enjoy the certain aspects where he speaks about how you know life is going to take different turns. Things happen. All you need to do is just adjust, keep making the most of it, and really live with joy, as he says at the end there. So he's got a really positive mindset when it comes to challenges and just putting himself out there and really seeing what he can do in this world. And I know that it just leaves me very inspired in the end as well. So I really enjoyed that chat. I was absolutely buzzing when I finished. I was telling everyone about it and I really hope that I can speak to him again in a year, in a couple of years when he's doing some more amazing things and seeing what's really taken off in his life again. So thanks for listening in. Make sure you send any questions, any requests of people you want to come on. I'd love to hear what you think of the podcast and how we can continue to grow this in the best way possible. So until next time, let's get to it.